Welcome to Inside Aesthetics, the podcast for cosmetic, wellness, and business insider knowledge. I'm Dr. Jake Sloan, a cosmetic doctor based in Sydney, and I'm joined by my co-host and good friend, David Segal, an entrepreneur and a multi-clinic owner in the aesthetic space. We'll cover any topic that makes you look or feel good with long form, unbiased, and unfiltered conversations with expert guests from around the world. New episodes are released every Friday and you can subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You should seek medical advice before undergoing any treatment or procedure, and these podcasts do not replace a professional and bespoke consultation. This studio looks a bit different. It does. Um, I haven't slept in about two days. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your normal insomnia? No, it's been... um, So we had this lovely new sign installed and the brilliant electrician that I had decided to put three holes in my wall right. and so I've been patching and painting and sanding yeah. just in just in time so that we're actually we could pass out from uh paint fumes during this podcast that's all right we'll be okay <laughs> yeah if, if obviously you guys can't see this but we did put a, a quick video up on our whatsapp chat for for our sort of listener chat group so if you want to join that uh, the link is in our instagram bio link mm-hmm. but uh, yes we've got a fancy new looking studio we've got rid of our famous black and white screen behind us it was cool and, and iconic but at the same time it was very dark and a bit dingy yeah and it also gave us less room in this already very small room yes so it sort of stuck out from the wall on these little a- legs and i had to sit even closer to you which is slightly <laughs> um, concerning yeah so we've got a bit more we've got a bit more space now it's still we might need to upgrade our cameras you can probably maybe see if you're watching youtube you can see there's like a slight flicker because this uh led slash neon sign the way that the lights pulse is yes. not in sync with the refresh rate on the camera. So we may need to upgrade our camera. So every improvement that we do requires like three more or four money. Other, yeah, more and more money to upgrade. <laughs> so if you're looking to sponsor us, <laughs> please reach out. We'll make you famous. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put you on YouTube and speak to about 20,000 injectors a week. So every solution has gives us three more problems to overcome. But Indeed. anyway. Yeah. So what's been happening? You're getting ready for your trip? Yeah. Uh, where are we? It's Wednesday. Yeah, I'm flying in about 36 hours. Jeez. So um, I was just saying, I find it difficult to get in the zone until I've finished work, until the podcasts are done. I'm still not thinking that I'm flying so soon. But yeah, it'll be good. It'll be fantastic to see all the people, especially from the podcast. A lot of our guests will be there. So it'd be nice to actually see them and, and have a proper, you know, chat. Um, but of course, all the people who are in interact with through Instagram and and other sort of avenues. So it'd be it'll be awesome. Yeah. How, how's your week been? Uh busy. I've got a I've got a bonsai exhibition going on at the moment in Paddington. Hmm. Um, so I've just been preparing and dropping off trees, and I've got a a presentation to do tomorrow night. So that's been busy. Plus, um, becoming a podcast reno- a podcast studio renovation expert. <laughs> that's taken up a bit of time. Um, I'm in the middle of a house renovation as well. So my whole life is Bloody just hell. upside down at the moment with yeah. tradesmen and things broken and looking messy everywhere, which is makes things quite stressful. But anyway. Well, if, if you're new to the podcast, David is actually internationally recognized for his bonsai work. So tell us a bit about that. You got me with a mouthful, a mouthful of water. <laughs> a mouthful of water. A mouthful of water. Um, tell us about bonsai. Yes, I've been doing it for about oh, 15 years. Started off as just frustrations of killing a gift that someone gave to me. And then right. I just became obsessed. And that's just been an ongoing, I guess, side hobby for a long time. But there's been some relatively big changes in my life and changes that are coming, which we can cover a little bit later in the discussion. So I'm looking to make it 
more of a focal point. So I've got had an exhibition last month, one on at the moment, and then I think something with the Botanical Gardens next March as well, which will be interesting. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting, you know, like you, um, you think about what you're trying to achieve with cosmetic medicine, which is to get rid of imperfections and make things look smooth and plump and youthful. Mm. Uh, and that's what we consider beautiful when we look at each other or when we judge each other. Um, but the older a tree looks and the more rugged and imperfections and the more character it gets, the more beautiful it becomes. So yeah. it's a, it's like this sort of juxtaposition. It's cool. Yeah. It's um, well, it kind of gives you something to think about in terms of why do we find that beauty, well, you- beauty and age things. Like if you go to like, you know, an antique store or an old building, an old piece of architecture, especially when you're in Europe yeah. where everything's very old, yeah, we go, wow, that's beautiful. But we see, we don't, we don't look at ourselves like that or each other like that. I think because trees and buildings, they are hundreds of years old, if not thousands, yeah. it's just incredible. And you think, wow, someone designed that so long ago and it's the history behind it. Whereas yeah. we're finite. <laughs> yeah. We're only going to get to 100 if we're very, 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 very lucky. But there's something beautiful about looking at an old building or an old piece of furniture that's like got that patina on it. It's, it's aged, it's mm. weathered, it's got character to it. Yeah. And sometimes that's beautiful as well, but... Yeah. yeah, but anyway. So, what, <laughs> I, I mean, this episode, I'm not going to call it a filler. We never do filler material. This well, we is do, all, we do always fillers, gold. Not, you, you do fillers. I don't do fillers. <laughs> That's a really bad joke. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, you expect, yeah, right. At two years and you expect, you expect a good joke. <laughs> yeah. You should have learned. Uh, because I am going away, we will be a little bit short with material. So we thought we'd do something a little bit different this week. Yeah. So we'll, we'll update on a bit of news. Uh, obviously, we've spoken about the studio. David's got some news about his career, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about something that may help save your business, uh, particularly when it comes to Instagram and how to try to not get hacked. It seems to be something that's just becoming more and more of a problem. Uh, I've been reached out by many, many people who are affected and sadly there's nothing I can do about it. But if we can sort of help you not get hacked in the first place, Mm. that will be sort of the end topic of this podcast. So it's just Instagram, is it Facebook as well? I mean, I don't know if you've heard it's TikTok happening everywhere. Instagram is the main one because most people running their businesses right. through there. Um, obviously, people obviously mirror their their businesses to Facebook or yeah. you know even TikTok, whatever. But the the main one is Instagram. Yeah. So we'll focus on that. Yeah. I wonder what these people. I mean, I guess it's money what they want, but we'll get into it. Correct. So tell us about your big news. Well, um, I have sold all of my businesses. Holy shit. Yes. So I've sold all my businesses in the aesthetic space, um, effective hopefully by July 1. Yeah. And so I'll be unemployed for the and first time in a really, really long time. <laughs> I won't have a job. <laughs> and for the people screaming at their radios and, and in their car, why? Oh, look, I've been with the business I've been in for 15 years, Yeah, maybe more. Um, and look, I think I've just gotten to a point where I've outgrown um, I feel like I've achieved everything I wanted to achieve with those businesses. I've had like high performing clinics for a really long time. They've yeah. been, um, well recognized as, you know, really well run businesses and just, it's time to do something different. Yeah. It's time to see, I think we've got some big changes happening in the economy. I'm not sure what's going on around the world, but it seems like we're all pretty interconnected these days. So what happens here or what happens in Europe or the United States is probably pretty comparative. Yeah. And so I think that it's just an opportunity to sort of step out. Um, you know, the money I'm going to get from selling these businesses, I can just sort of take it easy for a little while mm-hmm. and just sort of 
see where the economy is going to land, where there might be some investment opportunities. And also I think the industry is going to go through some changes as well. Yeah, for sure. And so maybe just a bit of time on the sidelines and, and see what opportunities come up. Interesting. And how the industry and the economy is going to progress and then make a move in, you know, whenever the time's right, maybe a year, maybe two years, we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens. Did um, two years of, you know, complete upheaval, lockdowns focus that decision? Of course, absolutely. And I, th I think that's that's something that, that everyone, when you look at newspapers and, and articles around the whole great resignation and people wanting to change their jobs, it did give me a lot of opportunity to think about how much time I put into these businesses, like what else can I achieve with them, um, how much control I have because I have been part of like a franchise yeah. business. And franchising is great for certain people or certain stages of their lives, but there's only a certain amount of control that you have. So I can't control how much things are sold for, how they're advertised, how they're marketed, um, what the business looks like. I can, I can very, I can only control a very finite number of things. Yeah, like your staff. Correct. And I mean, that that's good. I mean, I think that the franchise model is great for people that want to get into their own business as potentially a first step or they don't feel confident doing the whole business planning process, like creating a brand, your business plan, all of your policies, procedures, um, finding sites, negotiating with landlords, negotiating with suppliers, like all of that kind of stuff is done for you yeah. when you buy a franchise business. And that's works really well for a lot of people, but I've reached a point where I'd like to have more control yeah, over, sure. what I, over what I do. And and I think injectors probably have a little bit of similarity. You know, they start in a franchise because yeah. it's so easy. They just sort of get plugged in and away yep. they go. But eventually they lack that control and, yeah. they, and they can't do their own thing. So, yeah, well, yeah I, I totally understand. And the, and the industry is moving so quickly. And when you're in part of a big machine, it's like being on, you know, well, people use the analogy of the Titanic or a big boat moving through the water. When you start shifting the wheel now, <laughs> it might take you know two years. It would take a while for that boat to actually significantly change direction. And yeah. that's the bigger a business gets, the more difficult it is to change quickly and to adapt. Yeah. And so, look, I'm sure that the business is going to carry on fine, and the people that run it are very clever. But for me, I, I I'd like the ability to have immediate control and to change things without yeah. having to go through. You can three, react. Yeah you know, having to have meetings on top of meetings and going through boards and all those kinds of things, which are there for a reason, but you, you lose your ability to be nimble, I yeah. think. Yeah, 100%. Well, yes. So that means you can help me more with the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can start doing the well, social media. Hey, well, I have started doing uh, I'm painting and renovating yes. and organizing. So, yeah. But Very impressive. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, you know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I miss my calling. Maybe... Actually, no, looking at some of this paintwork, it looks like... Okay. Oh, come okay. on, it's pretty good. It's not I, bad. I was impressed, especially when you sent me a photo just a day ago with holes in the wall. Yeah. It looks it looks pretty good. Not too bad, not too shabby. Yeah. Um, so my plans. Uh, yes, I'll be flying to London on Friday. Yep. Be there for four days, stay with my parents and my sister, which would be nice. And then I get the train to Paris. I've never got the train to Paris I have. before. I've done that. On the Eurostar? Yeah. Is it nice? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, well, I went the opposite way. I went from Paris to London. Right. So I had breakfast in Paris. And then I had lunch in I had lunch in London. Very nice. And it was this train travels at like six hundred kilometers an hour or something. No, no, something no. Something no. ridiculous. Trust me, it it's doesn't. quick. It's not a bullet train. Oh, it's but quick, it, but it's quick. It's really quick. Yeah. It feels and you're just sort of like traveling through it goes through like three different countries. Yeah. And then it hops onto the channel, the English channel, and then 
You're in London. Man, I think it was like two two hours, two. Yeah, it's about two hours, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, go to Paris, and then I'm doing an ultrasound course with oh, uh, yeah. a couple of people that we've mentioned on the podcast. So, Leonie Schelke, uh, there'll be someone called Stella. She's all the way from America, and they might join us on the podcast mm. in the near future to talk about good. how to get into ultrasound. You're going to con them while you're over there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> con them. I've already agreed it loosely. Right. <laughs> There's no conning. But um, yeah. it's hard to say no in person. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I am organising a dinner so we can have a, a share a glass of wine right. and break bread and yeah. you know become friends. But yeah, uh, yeah that would be nice. And then um, we've got MCAS, obviously. Yeah. So that will be fun. Um, the problem with these events is they're so big mm. that you know, look to the itinerary today. There's about I don't know twenty rooms all yep. all running parallel, and yeah. you're like, well. Kind of want to dip in and out, but you can't really. It's, it's just too on. big, too vast. I've been to that conference before. Yeah. And it's um twice I've been there, but a long time ago. And um it's a huge center. Yeah. It's huge. Puts the Australian ones, not to shame. I mean, we've got our own market, but it's much bigger. Well, you just got the all of Europe just congregating. I mean, you get people flying in from other countries. And as the well, States as well. But yeah. You've just got so and you just realize how small we are here. Yeah. How many people are actually out there. And it's it's kind of a bit of I don't know. It's weird. For me. Check. Well, well, for me, it was like the first time I went was my first time to Europe. So I was already going through this huge culture shock <laughs> of being outside of Australia because I'd only ever been to America before and, and some parts of Asia. So I hadn't been to Europe. Yeah. And it was just like, wow. Like, yeah. Just the people, the food, the architecture. You like it? I like it. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see myself living in Europe, but I can't see myself leaving Australia. Don't say that. The, the people from the podcast are going nuts. <laughs> Although we could easily Zoom. It'd actually be quite easy. <laughs> That's all we're doing now anyway. I know. But yeah, so yeah, the, the first time I went was amazing. You just met so many, so many people. And the rooms, you know, you go to a conference here and there might be, you know, a couple of hundred people in the room. You like, you just get yeah, easily 1,000, 2,000, 3,000. And just all of the different products. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's actually very confusing and, and slightly concerning because... I'm not saying the European standard, but what, what's called the CE mark, yeah. which is sort of a, seen as a, you know, like a, a level of safety. It's like it, the equivalent of a TGA or FDA. No, no? it's not there. That's it's the problem. Not. It's not sort of, I don't know how to put it. It's not like a medical standard. It's right. more just, uh, yeah, it's a very low level. Right. And so a lot of these fillers, which aren't deemed as drugs in, in Europe anyway, they just get passed through as like what's, what's known as a device. And so there's not a lot of, rigid or robust data or or you know studies or anything like that yeah, so right. every time a new filler comes on the market a market i'm quite skeptical sort of raise an eyebrow and be like mm, i think i'll let those guys use it for a few years before i how many are there my hands on it? in europe at the moment oh, there's over i don't want to misquote but i'm pretty sure there's over 200 brands wow we've got five or six in australia and that yeah and it's only recent as well really we've had a couple more i mean primarily for the last 15 to 20 years it's been two yeah really yeah um so we've had a few come on in the last 12 to 18 months but that it feels like a lot now but it still pales in comparison to, oh, the, yeah. to the options you've got overseas yeah and i guess in some ways it's good because we've got a very high level of safety our tga put these companies through yes. a lot of rigorous testing and and quality assurance and when you go over to europe when you're saying with the ce mark it's kind of like well buyer beware you got to kind of just Definitely. do your own research and hope that someone's not going to grow like a third arm or <laughs> some new covid variant will be born from it or something i mean who, who knows i mean it's just it's, it's concerning yeah, yeah it, it is concerning and you know 
colleagues who who we've had on the podcast they they certainly won't be just trying a random new product they will be looking at the data the publications they'll be going to the pharma companies and asking them yeah. you know tell us your studies tell us about the efficacy and so on yeah and even when they get told they're critiquing it mm. so it's important just to not believe what you read on the back of a box i wonder what all the are there all these competitor products on the market make mean that the price for fillers is a lot cheaper because you've got so oh, many options yes. or do the or do you know i guess the companies that are known here so you know Ju like juvederm and restylane are they just as expensive comparatively here or they have to compete in that competitive space and i would love to know exactly how it works behind the scenes because mm -hmm. i'm telling you now even Juvederm, Restylane, any name, Tioxane, all of those products are vastly cheaper in Europe. And right. when I say vastly, I'm talking, you know, well over 50, 60, sometimes 70% cheaper. Wow. So you, you sort of wonder, well, what is it that makes it so expensive? Is it like, you know, a sort of a, a tax applied at the border? Yeah. Is it nothing to do with the companies? I don't know. I just got, <laughs> Getting I into just, hot water here. I just got a visual image of you coming back through customs with 20 suitcases. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see Hobby sitting in front of the couch one night. Yeah. Border security will come on. Uh, yeah, Dr. Yeah. Sloan, is this, are these yeah. your 20 bags of... Uh, yeah, yeah, you've got 40 kilos worth in your business uh, allowance and 20s filler. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, joking aside, that, that would actually be dodgy because, yeah. you know, these things aren't TJ approved yeah. if you bring them in. But... They are much cheaper, yeah, right. much cheaper, and uh, yeah, I've never, never really understood it. And and same for the states; it's very expensive. Well, it's the same with everything. I mean, I know that um, BMWs, for example, the brand, the car brand, are less expensive in America than where they or they were less expensive to buy in America than what they were to even buy from Germany. <laughs> That's insane because of the volumes, and I guess yeah. the companies assess the market and set their pricing accordingly. So, yeah. it kind of shows you how much margin. Yeah, you think There's about actually, these trade deals that happen yeah. between countries. Maybe, I don't know, I, who knows where this Australian tax is applied, but it's certainly much more expensive. And the pricing in Europe, I mean, I know we've had lots of conversations, but it seems like it's comparatively, sometimes even more expensive than what we've got here and they're getting their products cheaper. So it seems like the margins for a lot of injectors overseas might be quite Oh, cool. yeah. Well, I remember joking, so when I first moved here, and I wasn't planning on being an injector, but I... You know, I wanted to do mm. it. And I looked at the pricing of the cost to me and I thought, this isn't going to be a viable business. Like, it, it, I really did think, yeah. how do people do it? Um, and I didn't know anything about pricing or, or the volume and maybe getting a slight discount that way. But even if you get the best deal available, it's much more expensive here. So it's it's quite... It's quite annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very annoying. But anyway, every country's got its own market and it is what it is. So what are you hoping to, I mean, obviously you're meeting up with those, um, you mentioned the lady Stella that you're meeting up with talking about ultrasound. Mm -hmm. I know you're going to catch up with a lot of our mutual friends over there, but what are yeah. you really looking to, like, what's your main objective over there? Is there some sort of piece of knowledge that you're really looking to attain? Is there particular people that you, you want to meet or is it just... Mm. A, a social thing as well like what's your I, I think it's all of the above but if i can come back with even the most basic ability to put a probe on a face yeah. and say ah i can see the layers of the face mm. there's my needle that's better than i was a week ago <laughs> then that's progress well I, I think even when was the first time we spoke about it on the podcast it would have been maybe a year ago maybe, when, maybe when we had mobin on uh right. during the webinar and i even think you were like skeptical of going oh I don't know whether this is going to become like the gold standard. And I think I was saying, like, I don't know how it can't be. And it's just gone. It's happened so quickly that it's mm. so many people have just grabbed it 
and it's still especially in, its in Europe yeah. uh, and the UK, the states to an extent, but here no. Yeah, not yet. So to be completely honest, I think there's also a way of distinguishing myself if I can, yeah. you know, learn some basic skill. Yeah. Because someone's got to do it. Yeah. And, and if no one is yet, then why not try? Yeah. So yeah. So if I can come back with some basic ultrasound skills, that'd be good. Obviously, I'm going to be trying to meet some people yep. to get them on the podcast, so yep. that'll be nice. Um, apart from that, um, you know, one of the, the the main tracks, I think it's day one on Friday the third. It's just, they're just running an anatomy session, right. but also uh, sort of at the same time doing ultrasound. So rather than just putting a probe on, saying, "Oh, there's some there's some stuff on the screen," they'll then actually open up the cadaver and show you. So I think that would be a good learning experience. Mm. Actually, sort of. You know, see it a few times, do the course, then do that at IMCAS. Yeah. Come back, buy a probe, and then just yeah. start playing. Do you know what equipment you're going to be looking at when you purchase your own? Uh, I don't know. I, I've spoken to a few people, and a lot of the, the Clarius L20 is very popular. Mm -hmm. um, it's a quite portable, smallish device that's, you know, relatively easy to use, and it comes with a nice app, and I think it records some of your videos. So, you know, you've, I guess you've got a record of your videos, but... It's maybe not the best resolution, but then if you want better resolution, you're buying a big non-portable mm. ultrasound on a trolley that looks like, you know, you're in a hospital setting. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think maybe I'll go for the happy medium where I, you know, I've got a portable scanner. I can see what I want to see. Yeah. I'm probably never going to be an expert expert. Maybe I am. Who knows? I don't know. You never know what the learning curve will be, but I'll start with simple and affordable equipment yeah be interesting if like <laughs> there's a device that's created that like plugs into your phone like through the oh there are all the, oh, right there are ones i think it's called the butterfly i don't want to get oh. the, it might be the and how good is it Do you know how good it is again i can't tell you so i don't want to sit here and say it's amazing or it's crap i, I have no idea that's crazy you just plug it into your phone you've got an ultrasound right there yeah i think what i would do is actually plug it into my ipad a bigger screen so you can actually you yeah. know, get a better idea of what you're looking at. That's but yes, there are ones on your phone. You got. I wonder if they're going to start designing the equipment specifically for injectables to make it easier to read and identify things for yes. people that aren't radiologists or sonographers. I think now the companies are recognizing that maybe the biggest market would be injectors because yeah. how many injectors are there versus hospital radiologists yeah. just doing ultrasound yeah um and like you said you need a, a small relatively portable manipulable probe whereas in hospital that's not as much yeah, of an even issue space isn't an issue expense isn't an issue because no. everything's you know you know run through the well the public well i don't know about all of europe but i know definitely in australia like the public health system would, would probably pay for all those pieces of equipment Correct. so you're not limited by budget so to speak yeah but um seems like it's that that's that's the way it's going to go yeah and i you know and i think the ultrasound and injecting companies will start you know uh, cross pollinating uh, yeah they yeah. will that you know use claris as an example because they yeah. make the l20 they'll probably realize that they should start sponsoring pharma events to teach yeah. people the skill but within yeah. an injectable setting rather than yeah. everyone having to fly to paris or, or whatever to do it yeah well so. there's a few radiologists here that you and i know that, that, are, that we've spoken to that are looking to get involved but they're still quite um they're still very much in their infancy infancy in this industry so mm. you've got all these injectors that are really competent and in injectables and you've got these radiologists that are really good at reading ultrasound yes but it's like... And only Mobin who can do both. Yeah, there's not many that can do both. Yeah, so 
we're on the precipice of I think a, a revolutionary change in the industry because it's I, just I think getting, so. yeah it's going to increase I guess number one um, safety but also just people feeling not safety from like avoiding actual events from happening and being able to address events like occlusions when they happen more accurately with less trauma, mm. less high lays, um, but also just perceived safety. So people knowing, because I think that there are people coming into clinics now that do ask about occlusions, especially more your more educated patients. So yeah. just them feeling safer in a, in a setting where they know that we, you know, that that clinic does have a, tr a trained practitioner who does know how to use it. You are scanning high risk areas. If something does go wrong, that they're in the best place yeah. to get it addressed quickly with the minimal chance of a serious complication occurring. I mean, why wouldn't you if you if you could learn that? And you know, I'm still not entirely sure who's going to learn this. Yeah. Will it will it be everyone? I think it should certainly be offered to everyone yeah. and be more available and cheaper to train and, and buy the probes. But you know, it's it's a bit like you have. I guess um, newbie injectors yeah. and and expert injectors. You're going to have a, a spectrum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I can help someone in an emergency and and high lays them, which I I did with a friend uh, relatively recently, about two months ago. Yeah. It's actually his patient, and he didn't call me for my ultrasound expertise. Definitely not. But we just needed logistical help of getting the high lays in whilst he held the probe and it's just easy with two yeah. of us um, and it worked and, yeah. and we managed to save her um from a necrosis so wow. you know with like i don't know 50 units of high lays mm. rather than thousands and thousands which is yeah. what what is traditionally done yeah um but yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to sort of know whether i can you know i think i know where i'm in a face when i've got yeah. my canner in there but many people have told me that's not always the case when you actually check with the probe. Mm. So I'll be interested to see whether I have been right or not right and mm -hmm. and just upskill myself just from an injecting perspective, let alone safety and, um, you know, complications, just being more targeted with my filler and maybe using less filler. Yeah. Um, you know, from our podcast uh, a week or two ago of Tom DeCates, mm. it's interesting and, and it slightly concerned me that he said, you know, with all his knowledge that he's very cautious about the volumes that he uses mm. so you know he did actually also caveat caveat that and say 99.9 .9 will be fine regardless of yeah. volume but obviously the more filler you put in that you do risk complications for a myriad of reasons mm. so if you could you know volumize a cheek by being more targeted with your filler with less filler yeah how awesome would that be patient wins you win uh to an extent <laughs> maybe not good for the business no. but certainly you know it's best practice yeah well i mean i think that um it's becoming more of a an exact science rather than sort of we'll shove it in to, here and see how to we a go. certain extent it is kind of i wouldn't maybe guesswork's a bit of an unfair term but i can't think of anything better at the moment but there isn't an element of well i know that landmark is here i'm putting my needle here yeah I'm like you take all that knowledge and you hopefully get the result that you want. But if you can like pinpoint something yeah. or even just adjust, adjust your technique, if you're doing pre-scanning, you might just go, well, you know, cause most people's anatomy looks like this, but this person's a bit unusual. I'm going to adjust my technique. Yeah. Those aberrant weird vessels or double vessels or yeah, whatever. It'll be, I mean, it'd be interesting to see once it becomes the standard, a standard thing that's done, whether injectors learn that from day one as they're learning to inject, they're also in parallel learning how to ultrasound. Yeah, I, I think it will come, Yeah, but it could be two, three, five years off. Mm -hmm. um, but the more people you... I was saying to um, Michelle, she's the nurse who works with us at Infinity. She's actually coming to Paris. Oh, cool. And she's 
she's actually already bought a scanner, the, oh. the Clarius. So we're going to try and learn to, well, I say learn together. We hardly ever get to see each other because it's so busy. But now that we have a scanner in the clinic and two of us keen to learn, it'll be easier to learn. Mm. And we could just come in early, scan each other's face and just have a play. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So um, I think the more people that get involved and the more people you're, who, who you have locally to support you, then it becomes easier. Where if it's just you yeah. and there's no other people doing ultrasound in your town or city, then your learning curve is going to take years. Yeah. Well, is, yeah, we, everyone learns from each other. 100%. Um, and then I'm going to Stockholm for oh, wow. another conference called Beauty Through Science. Right. So that's... Who's that held by? Who's, um, who's, whose event is that? I don't want to get the convener's name wrong. He's Swedish. He's a plastic surgeon. Right. Been running for about... Five or six years. Yep. Um, they call it the KOL conference for KOLs. Right. So a lot of high-end people tend to go. It's quite boutique so it's relatively small. It would be interesting to see. And there's lots of live injecting. Interesting, there's also a parallel plastic surgeons um, conference alongside the non-surgical. Mm. So if you're listening and you're a plastic surgeon, you should definitely check it out. Mm. Um, Dr. Moradi, who oh, yeah. we've had on a long, long, long time ago, he actually did his fellowship in um, Stockholm. Right. And he said it's a great event. He was really raving about it. So it's been going on for a long time. Uh, I don't know about the event, but you know, just the, 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 the learning in Stockholm right. and, and sort of the... The skill level. Have you been there before to Sweden? Never, never been to Scandinavia in my life. Right. So you're gonna just you're gonna do anything oh, sort of uh, touristy while you're there. In terms of timing, I've probably got about an hour to myself if I oh, get right. up early in the morning to have a coffee and wander around, and then conferences all day, and then presumably some dinners or drinks, and then leave. That's, that's all right. So yeah, I'll get to see probably three restaurants if I'm lucky. <laughs> How long are you actually there for? Only a few days. Um, I'm actually there for. Four Four nights. So I'm actually so the first day I'm actually going to the Science of Aging conference. Yes. So that's run uh, sort it's of Allegan, um, isn't it? It's yeah. an Allegan yeah. sponsored event, but it's more their R and D things. Yeah. It's not aesthetic at all. Yeah. So David Sinclair, one yes. of your heroes, will yes. be there. Yeah. So Stephanie Manson Brown was. Yes. yes. She's the convener. Yes. Um, and uh, it, look, I don't know what I'm going to get from it, but I'll certainly learn something. It's going to be very, very genetic biochemistry, all about anti-aging, living longer, living better, mm -hmm. and, and I guess healing rather than looking good. Well, that's what we've been talking about for so long is the interconnection between what we can do externally with fillers and toxins and collagen stimulators and then looking to marry that up with stuff on a, a more cellular level yeah in terms so it's, it seems like it's just accelerating very quickly now like yeah. it's exponentially moving well i don't know you'll know more than me but david sinclair seems to think that we're going to be living much longer uh by not doing too many different things but just you know thinking about our our genes and manipulating things in a, in, in a relatively simple way right what sort of time frame did he say oh i don't know <laughs> i'll tell you when i come back yeah right yeah, it's, I think it's inevitable, really. I mean, because there's like little bits of, you know, you hear these these studies that are being done and people like David Sinclair and the books that he's written talking about the fact that we they've identified what's actually happening and it looks like they've been able to achieve some promising results in the laboratory yeah. and now it's just transitioning Tra that into, exactly. into real life. They know and, how to do it. It's just they haven't done it yet on humans. I'm happy to keep living longer as long as I'm like... You know, still got all my faculties. I'm, <laughs> you don't can, want to be doubly incontinent in nursing home. I can take myself to the bathroom, <laughs> all those. So I think it's living longer, but with a quality of life. I don't know. It's, 
it's a paradigm shift and I don't know if it's a good one. You know, think about money, how you're going to support yourself or what are you going to do with all your mates and family who didn't decide to get their genes sorted out and they've all died off and you're still 150. Oh, you have to make some new friends, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go down the pub. (laughs) But you kind of wonder, like, what would that actually do to people's motivation to do things in life? Because everyone, like, we all understand that we've probably got you know 70 to 100 years as a best case scenario of like quality like probably 70 80 years of like quality life and then quality but you you die at 80-ish yeah so but everyone sort of mentally plan for plans their life to like i need to achieve i need to have kids by this age i want to have this much money by this age or i want to have achieved this or want and so all of a sudden if you're living for like two or three hundred years but ah it, I'll just do it next week. Can, can you imagine <laughs> having your whole career? Yeah. And then, you know, if, let's say you did live to 120, then you have kids at 60. Yeah. Can, can you imagine, imagine that? We can imagine how smart people would be. Cause like, it's sort of like, it sort of feels like by the time you actually figure out life and you've got half an idea about what you're doing, you're, you're like, dead. you're dead. <laughs> yeah, and so true. like, imagine you get to hundred, you go, okay, I've got this shit figured out now. And I'm yeah. still, I'm still young enough. I can do things with my life because even just looking at like all the things you want to do with your life, I've started playing music again and I'm thinking, God, you know, I need like, I need more years yeah. because like it, like to be, you can only be so good at, if you want to be really, really good at something, yeah, you've got like, what's that? 10,000 10, hours. hours to like, mark. that's a lot of time yeah. to become really, really, like you can be okay at something, but if you really want to be like, you know, that top 1%, it's true. you really need to put in the hours and it's like, well, you've only got, by the time you like your health, like your family, seeing your friends, how much time do you have to really dedicate to like being exceptional at something? You imagine you well, have like twice as long. I certainly don't. I yeah. certainly don't. No. It's hard. Yeah. So yeah. imagine you had like another hundred years. You'd be like, awesome. I can, I've got so, I can be good at so many more things now. Crazy, crazy. So yes. let's get on to the topic of the day. So oh, I'm yes. just getting my iPad up because <laughs> I've just got some brief notes here because this is completely off the cuff, guys. Um, but I, I, I've had some personal experience of this whole Instagram. I'm going to call it hacking. Mine wasn't a hack, but my account was certainly taken over. And it's, sounds kind of like a bit trivial and who cares you know if you're not doing too much on instagram doesn't really make any difference but if you're running your injectable or or your clinic business through your instagram which most people do and suddenly it's taken away from you it's it's utterly paralyzing and it's frustrating it's maddening and there's nothing you can do about it um so it's what actually happened just maybe Give us a step-by-step step as to, to what actually occurred. Because um, I, I, I've heard the story in bits and pieces and yeah. I've seen your posts, but I don't really understand the full... I, I don't fully understand it. But Okay, so it was last November. Yeah. Um, I literally woke up one morning, grabbed my phone as I do, checked my emails, went to Instagram and thought that's odd i've been logged out it's some very rarely happens but occasionally it does i'm gonna and, grab my notepad while you keep talking yeah okay you go um yeah so i tried to log in and i got an error message saying something along the lines of um you have violated instagram's terms and conditions <laughs> again <laughs> um if you think this is an error or a mistake click here What's that? Well, right it's definitely a mistake i've done nothing wrong like you know apart from being my usual stupid self doing posts mm-hmm. um went through you know multiple clicks and for the first 24 hours i couldn't even do that it just said you know this as far as you can go error you have violated our terms i was like okay whatever left it for a day or two and then eventually i could plug in my um information to to challenge i I guess did they say what you'd violated not at the time 
Uh-huh. But then when I managed to plug in my details, it basically said, you have been trying to get the term right. Um, a very naughty boy. No, <laughs> it, it basically said that I have been impersonating someone. Okay. And I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I know who I am, but okay, fair enough. And I, and I, at that point I thought, well, this will be easy. I can prove I am. I've got a passport. I can send them videos of myself, you know, whatever they need. I, yeah. I can prove I'm myself. So I didn't think it'd be that much of a drama then. So I submitted my stuff thinking this would be sorted within 24 hours. Heard nothing, heard nothing, heard nothing. And I'm thinking, have they got it? No one, no one's replied. I've had no emails, no nothing. So you drive yourself mad because you don't know if anyone's on the end of these emails. So you just, you know, you just do it again and again and again. Um, and you just hear nothing. And then I don't want to go into the specifics because it's so boring, but basically eventually I got an email from Instagram. Right. But the weird thing was it was in German. Oh. And I was like, this is That's odd. odd. That is odd. And so I started sort of second guessing myself thinking, well, maybe if I have truly been hacked, maybe this is the hacker trying to get me to give my, you know, my ID or, or something to them. So then they can do a bigger hack and get into my bank or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of crapped myself and, and didn't do anything with that email. Then I got a WhatsApp, maybe 48, 72 hours into this. How'd they get your number? Well, it's advertised on my Instagram, oh, okay, yeah. and, and it wouldn't be too hard to find. And it literally said, Joe, I'm going to get it up and read it for you. Yeah, show us. Oh, that's crazy. So the email that you got was in German, you said? Yeah. So you translated it? Um, well, Google, yes, so. I did. Yeah. Um, but basically, it looked like a kind of... It did didn't it look, look legit? For, no. Well... From all you know, because what you do when you're in this situation is you go to YouTube, yeah, and, and you try and find out what's legit, what's not, what yep. do other people do. Some it, it seemed legit ish, but I just thought, why would it be in German? It just doesn't make sense. Instagram wouldn't do that by default, no. especially as I live in Australia, yeah. So, yes, anyway, let me get up this. John, that's crazy, and it seems to be happening more and more to people. You see, um, a post every every sort of couple of weeks about someone putting a message up saying oh here we go here we go i've got the text all right so this is the whatsapp message from and, and this number is from plus seven nine seven seven so and somewhere so on in so yeah don't know where hello i heard from one of your followers that you're having trouble with your instagram account so immediately red flags thinking what yeah why would my follower reach out to someone random and then you're messaging me so immediately i'm like this is bullshit we are social media experts and we work to resolve such issues Currently, some accounts are having been uh, are being deleted due to rule violation due to Instagram updates. Blah 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 blah. Uh, we can help you if you pay us uh-huh. effectively. And I just wrote back, "Who are you?" Yeah. And then they repeated again, "We are social media experts. We can find solutions." Uh, and I and I, I literally wrote to them, "Let's be upfront about this, as it's going to be a lot easier. You have disabled my account and want some money. I get it." how will you recover my Instagram and how much will it cost? And then they talk about their methods. So I'm yeah. basically getting them to admit they're yeah. hackers. Yeah. And then I stopped. I, I didn't reply after that because immediately I knew, okay, this isn't me. Yeah. And I actually felt good because I was like, all right, so I know I haven't violated Instagram. This is, you know, something external. So I kind of felt in some way validation that I was, 
I was the good guy <laughs> and the Instagram were going to listen to me. But anyway, this went on and on and on. So what sort of time, like how long are we, like, so how long oh, is this now? I, I was off Instagram for about a month. Jeez. Which, you know, when you're trying to run your business through there, uh, I had people text me going, are, are you dead? Are you all right? What, what's happened? People thought I was, I don't know, depressed. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they just, I just disappeared from Instagram, <laughs> which, you know, for someone who uses it to sort of, you know, do whatever and suddenly you're gone. It's, it's quite weird. Anyway, I'll, I'll just give you a few more details. And then what I've actually done is I've got two of our listeners to, I'll play you their stories. Right. So I'll play it through the mic. Okay. Because they're, they're going to tell us uh, their own experience. Okay. It's slightly different. Okay. Um, so anyway, so I, I sent photos of myself. I, I, I had to hold up my passport. I had to do all this stuff. And this was through legitimate Instagram links yeah. to prove that I am me. Yeah. These things didn't work. And you're kind of thinking, what's the point of this uh, validation process if it doesn't work? Yeah. And it's clearly me. I've got my passport and I'm also in my photos on my real Instagram account. So anyway, um, the upshot of the story is, uh, in fact, I won't spoil the punchline. I'll tell you how I sorted my one out, <laughs> but let's play some listener okay, stories first. So who's, who's the first, who's the first uh, contributor? Hi, Dr. Jake. Um, my sister's actually just sent me uh, your story and thought it might be um, of relevance to my recent story. So I've recently been hacked. Um, my name is Kasim. I run a uh, men's hair studio out of Surrey Hills by appointment. My Instagram account was hacked probably about two, uh, two to three weeks ago. Um, it's an account that I've been working on for years and years and I've had um, people from all over Sydney follow me through the jobs that I've had in different suburbs around around the city and the suburbs as well. Um, and then all of a sudden I, um, I got hacked through a client of mine. Um, I've attempted to uh, recover my account and that was unsuccessful through Instagram. After about three, uh, three attempts, they couldn't verify my, um, my identification. Um, and their excuse was basically that I didn't have images of myself on, on the, that account, but it was a business account, so it didn't make sense. Um, it caused so much stress for me. Um, I lost so much business. Um, many of my clients were scared to contact me because they were being harassed through my account wow. and were unsure if they used my online booking system that, that was also linked uh, to my Instagram account. So I lost a lot of work. Um, I lost a lot of clients. And I'm basically starting all over again at the moment. So it's been a pretty rough ride for me. Wow. Yeah. So that's our first unfortunate um, victim, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's shit. And, it, and it's exactly what happened to me. I was just booted out. Couldn't do anything. Instagram said no. Too bad. And uh, what do you do? You're just stuck. And the, the problem with Instagram and Meta, I, who, you know, the, the new name for Facebook, they're the owner of Instagram, is... For a multi-multi-billion-dollar company, they they literally don't have a, a contact or, or a customer service center or, or or anyone. There's no humans that you can speak to. Even if you send, you know, you go through the support and all the channels through Instagram. Effectively, you come to like options where you're like, you know, you, you're not really talking to someone. You're just submitting something. So, wow, incredibly uh, frustrating. Got a second story for you. This lady is based in the UK and she's an injector. Yep. Is so, she one of our listeners? Potentially. Um, she is, yep. yes. Um, and that's how she found us. Okay. 
My name's Emma. I live um, in South London in a place called Kingswood, hence my business name, Kingswood Aesthetics. Um, my business is doing pretty well. I'm um, a 48-year-old <laughs> um, who is a medical professional paramedic. Um, yeah, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. And Instagram's been a big part of it because um, I did my, the DCAM course with uh, Miranda Pierce um, and uh, hit the road running. Um, and I know she's proud of me and I'm proud to be part of her group. And uh, yeah, I got up to over a thousand followers in a year, um, which I'm really, really proud of because they were real followers that were from my local vicinity that were actual dream customers. So, um, yeah, I was really proud. And then last Tuesday I got hacked by some someone in Nigeria who, um, a woman I know uh, who I trusted because that's what all the Instagram thing is about. It's about building trust with people. So I really trusted her. And I didn't know that her account had been hacked and she called, she said, hey, how are you? On a message and uh, said, can you just send me a screen print of, um, of this link so that you can vote for me because I'm going to be an ambassador for another injector. Yeah, of course. And I was just about to pick up my little one. So I really wanted to um, help her out quickly. I didn't even give it a second thought. And I know I should have. That's probably my mistake because I went, I did it. And then I went to go and pick up my little girl and I realised... When I got back, I was bombarded with messages because they had put lots of stories on my account as soon as they changed all the passwords and that. I couldn't, they basically stole my account um, and then started using it for their own gains. Um, there was loads of messages on, my, on the stories on there about at Kate underscore crypto, come and follow me. <laughs> I've just got loads of, uh, into loads of money by buying crypto and Bitcoin and stuff. So there was five messages, six messages. Then it went a bit quiet a few days later. Um, and uh, they just started messaging everybody, every single person. So I was then in a fight trying to message all my followers through my personal account. Thankfully, they didn't get my personal account, my Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, which is probably what made it unsafe. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're not techie people. We just use Instagram. And I just got onto a mission of trying to get my account back. So the girl that hacked me, obviously, we found out who each other were and stuff, and we started supporting each other. Um, my whole DCAM group really supported me and uh, her as well. And um, we uh, got on a mission to try and get our accounts back. Um, I don't, neither of us have gotten back yet. Every time we, we message Instagram, with the, ins the only way you can do it is by getting people to report the account directly through the hacked account. And I report every day through the hacked account that they're impersonating me. So we have to report them. And then uh, you go to Facebook and you fill out the impersonator form and you have to send a picture of you with your passport. Or I, passport seems to be the best ID. So I've been, I did start off with a uh, driving licence, that's passport. And uh, they still won't give me uh, my account back because um, they say that they still can't prove that it's me as far as I can understand, they're not accepting my email address. I've tried different, several different addresses for, because of what, I mean, the one I believe is, is, is what was used for my account. They're still not accepting. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm lost now. They, they basically, I think, told me to secure the new, because I made a new account, obviously, 
they've so I've secured that one up very tightly. But I want my old account back and I don't know how really to keep going on trying to get it back apart from doing the same as I am. Yeah, I'm devastated about it. Absolutely devastated about it. I've cried. I've had people messaging me saying, oh my God, and having goes at me. Clients, these are clients having goes at me because they fell for me for the for the messages that were then sent to them from my old account and they've lost their accounts. I've had people on the Dr. Tim Pierce um, aesthetics chat group also lose their account because of messages from me where they trusted me. I worked really hard to get this network together and these people that trusted me have now been hacked as well. It's been terrible and the way Instagram have dealt with it is disgusting. Mm. So there you go. Two slightly similar stories and um, both... You can hear the frustration yeah. in people's voices. Well, I guess the most frustrating thing is that Instagram just seemed to be completely unfazed, unhelpful, um, not in any rush to correct it. Pretty much. I mean, these platforms have become almost, I don't know. I mean, they're so widely used. It's almost like your telephone number or you know, like it's, it's like- It's it not is, a bit of like, fun now. No, it's like a primary way that people communi communicate with each other. And so they've become a big part of people's personal lives, a part, big part of people's professional lives. Yeah. And if they've got vulnerabilities within their system that allow them, allow these accounts to be hijacked, then you would think that the responsible thing to do would be to respond quickly, um, be helpful. Like it seems like they make it like almost treat you as the perpetrator Correct. With the amount of hoops that they make you jump through. Yeah. It's like, why didn't you guys actually put these steps in place when I created my account? <laughs> yeah. So that it was ha more difficult to hack into in the first time. I mean, I know I've gone through and had like two fact. I've had hacks as well, but not to that level because I don't run my business through um, through my Instagram. So when I've been hacked before, it hasn't been such a major issue for me because I'm not relying on it. But yeah. it's frustrating. It's time consuming. It's slow. You have to you know, take time out of your day, as you said, to get photographs and emails and follow them up. And there's just no sense of urgency from them at all. Correct. Um, it's like on their timeline. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. It, it, it seems to be a problem that you speak to anyone and someone knows someone who's been hacked yeah. or, or it's happened to them. So, you know, it, and it spreads like wildfire. And our second example, your account gets hacked, then what happens is the hacker then jumps into your DMs and, and starts messaging all of your followers. Crazy. And one or two people fall for it, and it just spreads like a like a virus. So this must be thousands or, or tens of thousands of people affected. And I'm amazed that Instagram or, or Meta haven't kind of decided, okay, this is, we, we have to do something about this, you know, rather than just releasing new real updates mm. and, and story updates and sticker updates actually deal with deal with the the can we have a hacking update yes exactly a <laughs> hacking update or, or anti-hacking update rather yeah yeah it's crazy i mean the problem with social media it, it, it's a double-edged sword you know? if you're not on instagram you don't exist as certainly as an injector or something visible or, or where you're showing results which yeah. have to be seen you'd be nuts not to be on there yeah Yet, if you grow to any significant effect, and even if you're a smaller account, yeah. you just become prey to, to hackers. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. But I, I guess the purpose of this podcast isn't to solve what happens if you do get hacked, because sadly, we have no um, 
no control over that, but to, to not get hacked. And how do you do that? I mean, what well, are the steps that you can you, do? you sort of mentioned it there. The most important thing, there's a function in your security yeah. settings called two-factor verification. Yeah. What that means in a nutshell is if you log yourself out of your Instagram or, or if someone managed to boot you out of your Instagram um, by, I don't know, stealing your password, yeah. then what happens is if they try to re-log in or if you re-log into your own account, you'll then have to um, enter a six-digit PIN that is sent to your phone. Yeah. So the hacker obviously won't have your phone. So therefore, it's like a, a second level of security. Right. So please go into your Instagram immediately if you're listening to this. Park over. I know most of you listen while you're driving. <laughs> Do this immediately so you don't get hacked. Go to your security settings, which is top right, where the three little line things are. Um, I think it's under general security. And then in there, look for two-factor verification and bloody turn it on. Yeah, right. Um, because, you know, when I had my problems, I I don't believe I had that set up. Right. So you so just became an easy target. I, I, yeah. And, and who knows? I think what happened to me was slightly different. I wasn't hacked. What happened with me is, and I don't know why they do this. I still not worked it out. And it's happened to me two or three times. Mm. And it seems to happen a lot with cosmetic surgeons. Right. Someone... And it often happens from an Iranian account. I don't know why. They steal your, effectively your identity in terms of, they just grab mm. your photos and put them in a, in a feed under a different name. Um, and what they did, well, what I think they did was they then reported me as being the fake Jake. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Well, the Royal Jake's own please stand up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think what happened is, let's assume they use robot programs yeah. to, to, to do most of this. They probably just hammered the Instagram server with multiple reports saying I'm fake. And at some point, a threshold gets breached where they go, okay, this is probably legit. Let's cut him off. Wow. And that's what happened. I literally couldn't get back into my account. So I wasn't hacked. No one was messing around with my, my account. I just couldn't get in. And then what they did through the WhatsApp, which I mentioned earlier, is they then tried to blackmail me to pay in the, well, with the promise that they can, you know, sort me out but they can't so how did you get it sorted then oh look this is slightly awkward because i was very very lucky i i've got a friend who works in pr right uh you might know her oh yes um and she just had a a, a contact i don't even know if they're good friends but a, at least a, an acquaintance right. who works inside meta ah. so it was just uh very lucky of me that it was just a sort of a human to human connection and said look got a someone who's you know he needs his account back he he's you know he's doing well on there etc and he's a friend and i don't know what happens behind the scenes they pull a few levers and something happens and then i actually got a couple of official emails from real people in meta to say we're on it and hey presto within i can't remember 48 hours after you know a few verifications on that side just got it back Wow. I couldn't believe it. I've never heard of anyone get it back, who I know anyway. So you, most of the time you don't get it back. You, you No, you go on YouTube, there are millions of people who are similar to our stories that we played, just depressed and, and just give up. So what happens? They just... They, well, what they, they end up doing is setting up a new account if they can be bothered Wow. and starting over again. It's 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 honestly it's crushing. So I'm yeah. just trying to get the message out there in this. Because it can take, as you said, it can take years. I mean, it's also it's getting harder to get followers now. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. look. Who knows what happens with these algorithms? But they claim to be more organic and more focused, and you know, showing your followers what what they think they want to see and so on. But Instagram is a powerful thing. You know, I, trust me, I, I wouldn't have got as half as busy if I didn't have yeah. Instagram. But you know, if if things like this can happen, it, it really 
concern me that once I'd got my account back, I was like, I don't want to use this as much because yeah. I don't want to be in reliant yeah. on something that I can't control. Yeah. It's a bit like going back to your, you know, controlling your business. If you've got no control, it's frustrating and you yeah. think, well, don't really, don't really like this. Yeah. Um, anyway, so just some of the, you know, tips that, or it's not really going to help with the Instagram, but mirror your Instagram to your Facebook. That's yeah. something you can easily do. Whenever you do a post, there's like a little toggle yeah. on the last page before you post. And it says, do you want to, flick this to Facebook as mm -hmm. well. So if you're running a, a business account on your Facebook, you can literally mirror your Instagram. Yeah. And if you ever lose it, at least you've got a record of all of your posts. Yeah. So that's kind of something that you can easily do, you know, from now on, if you're not doing already. Um, my suggestion would be to try and get as much, um, not data, but, you know, try and get uh, emails and, and followers names and get them to sign up on your website. If you can capture their data that way, and then obviously add them to your, you know, your clinic database, yeah. you can actually market to these people or even, you know, in these weird circumstances, write a mass email and yeah. say, my account's been hacked. Don't, uh, don't answer anything yeah. to my Instagram because, you know, if, 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 if the hackers are then abusing your profile, yeah, that's going to reflect badly on you even, even if it's not your fault. Yeah. That seems to be happening everywhere because I watch a, a few prominent people on YouTube and unrelated to this industry. And at the end of, each little video that they do, they make a disclaimer saying, if you get messaged by me asking about crypto, it's like, it's not me. Yes. I'm not interested in any of that. It's, yeah. it's so, it must be a, a major issue across all of these social media platforms. It's a good point. I, look, I, I don't own any crypto. Do you own crypto? I do, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know a little bit about it, but um, this isn't a crypto podcast, but it, it does seem a lot of this hacking is, is to do with spreading crypto messages. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, what, what's all that about? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, I, I mean, look, I've got crypto and I still fully don't understand it. <laughs> yeah. Um, to be perfectly honest with you, I mean, I've got a, a which, rough. Which uh, currency do you have? I've got Bitcoin, Doge, Ethereum. Right. So you're just hedging like, your bets. Yes, yeah, like half a dozen. Not didn't like invest like you know huge amounts of money. Just yeah, a, little a little bit flutter. of a, a money that if it, if I lost it, I'd be oh well, that's annoying. Not oh my god, I need mm. to sell a kidney so you didn't shit yourself a week ago when the market crashed no nah, i mean it was it was inevitable that it was going to happen i mean all markets and you know, it's very volatile and especially every when 10 years there's a yeah and especially market. when you've got so much you know economic strain going on around the world you know the russia ukraine conflict and of course these things get affected and i think that um there's like a bit of a fight for it now because all the mainstream sort of banks now are putting out their own currencies there's talks around a centralized digital currency that yeah. might be coming out. So I think that everyone kind of realizes that this is probably not going to go away. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, cra it's a crazy world out there. I mean, all these things, NFTs and these, I don't know, it's, um, <laughs> it's anyway, hard to keep up with them. If, yes. if you ever get messages from yes. me uh, in your DMs about crypto, I've been hacked because yeah. I definitely won't be messaging <laughs> anyone about crypto. Uh, but, you know, but, but I think you've got to be a bit, street savvy yeah. and, and what i mean is if you get a dm that doesn't quite make sense or or you don't know that person yeah, question it <laughs> or you know it, it happens through whatsapps all yeah. the time i get so many from um hello dear i would like to yes, be your friend yes hello you it's always dear oh, I've, it's got, I've, got, like, I've got i've got a few recently uh, hi can i ask you a question yeah have you got <laughs> that <laughs> you seem very nice and uh, what's it? You seem very nice and friendly from your Instagram. Yeah, I would yeah, like yeah. to be your friend. Yes. Yeah. Can I have your credit card <laughs> number? Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it sounds so ridiculous, yeah. but you know, sometimes you might not read something properly and, and, and you click on something that they send you and that that is how they get in. Yeah. It's called phishing. Um, yeah. P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G. Oh, I, I reckon probably 20% of the emails that I get now are phishing. like bogus spam. Yeah. Like someone like, you've just come into, hello, you've just inherited $100 million. Click here to claim, <laughs> to claim, yeah. to claim your money. Like from the Prince yeah, of Nigeria. Yeah. yeah. You get so much of that stuff. Email. Um, Instagram, like every, you know, and, yeah. and they know that 99.9% of us click delete immediately, but sometimes you don't and you accidentally do it. And that, that's actually how they're accessing it. And the problem is, you know, some people, uh, don't know who they have the same password for everything, banking, Instagram, Facebook, uh, <laughs> whatever. To, I used to, oh, I used to. I, you know, like, I couldn't remember them all. Yes. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, can exactly. get, you can get apps now that, yeah. you know, you've got like those. So yeah. again, if you're listening and, and you've got the same password for everything, don't yeah. just just change those immediately but also recycle um, not recycle change you know think about your passwords f for your key accounts like every couple of months just yeah change them i know it's annoying and um probably don't do it as much myself but you know doing a bit of research for this podcast that's mm. something suggested yeah and don't write down your passwords anywhere <laughs> don't put it in your phone don't, or don't message them to yourself on instagram <laughs> Definitely don't. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the other thing that it's interesting and, and potentially malicious, you know, a lot of people share their password with, say, you know, PR companies, yeah. social media companies, um, I don't know, digital agencies, yeah. whoever. And you're then spreading your risk because you never know who has been a bit free with that information. Yeah. Uh, or who is actually being malicious, you know, well, potentially. Even I had, um, I've taken on a new accounting firm to take care of my, my financial situation. And mm. one of the people, I got my own zero. I actually host and pay for my, I pay for my own zero profile. A lot of the times your accountant will pay for it for you. Yeah. And they've got control over your profile. So if you've got a dispute with them or something happens and they've got control of all your financial information. So I decided to pay for it myself. I pay my own subscription and then yeah. I issue access to the like to my financial advisor and my accountant, but a lot of my accountants sent me an email going, "Oh, can you please give me access so I can, um, like full access so they can appoint users?" I'm like, "That's not happening. Mm. Not a chance. I'm not giving you the ability to create new users within my <laughs> zero profile." Yeah. And it's just like, but they ask with with just it's just Impunity. like a, yeah, just like they assume that you're gonna go, yeah, no problems here. Have full access and might as well have know, my I house keys as well. Yeah. Basically, yes. Yeah. So I think that we've all just got to be a bit more, as you said, a bit more vigilant and a little less trusting around this kind of stuff because it's becoming the new way that people infiltrate yeah. um, into your life and, and scam you. And it might not even be malicious to start with it. But, you know, as you said, if you've given your, your password to someone, one of these agencies, who knows who else in that company is going to get it. Especially disgruntled staff, people who, we hear it all the time, not pointing at any industry, but, you know, I've known clinics where staff leave and then the database goes with them. Mm -hmm. And you think, wow, I mean, that's that's insane on so many levels, but it does happen. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, sort of choose who you trust wisely. And the other thing that sort of struck to mind was when I was going through my own problems and the first thing I did was go to YouTube and yeah. type in Instagram hack what to do. <laughs> and, you know, there literally there's hundreds of um videos and and lots of sort of older and there's mm -hmm. new updates every week it seems and what's interesting is if you go to the comments under the videos it almost looks like robots are attacking the comments yeah from crypto people hackers people claiming that they've got special software that can unhack your yeah. instagram so even the hackers are following 
you know, the YouTube yeah. where you're trying to get help to again fish or or steal your data through yeah. through those avenues. So it's it's quite concerning. You've got to really, really think hard about what you what you believe, I guess. Yeah. Well the the, the criminals haven't gone away. They've just changed their strategy. You don't hear much about people getting their houses broken into anymore mm. or people getting their cars stolen. So they've worked out that people have got security systems and, you know, it's hard to carry a 110-inch TV down the road. Like then, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so I think that it, people, have, they, the way in which criminals come after you now, they're going through these social media platforms and yeah. into your bank account and so on. So it's not, it's, they've always been there. They just changed their strategy. Yeah. Um, so a bit of a weird episode, but That's I, right. I just thought we would um, kind of get some useful information out there. You know, if, you're, if your business account gets stolen, then I'm sorry, but you're probably never going to get it back. Um, and you should definitely think about backing up your posts. So at least you've got that information. Maybe you can repost another way if at least you've got a, a duplicate of it. Definitely turn on your factor two verification. Think about um, you know your passwords and, and making it obviously a good password as well, but also not the same as your banking and other ones. And redundancy. What so, do you mean? So having another way to contact your your clients or your patients. Yes, um, you know, and, and this is not just because you get hacked, but it's nice to occasionally send out a, a kind of more old fashioned email, which yeah. is just from your business yeah. many people don't do that anymore they no. just rely on instagram it's true but um you know if you do that periodically it sort of challenges you to to talk to your customers in a, in a different way uh, and actually also have their you know their their contact details so you've yeah. got them yeah um and then potentially you could once you've got your new account you can blast them and say join me on this one in the worst case scenario yeah no, you so need, yeah Good yeah advice um, so hopefully that helps even if we save one account I think that's been a worthwhile podcast even if it's a bit off piste but kind of more of a businessy one yeah well have a nice trip overseas oh, next time we talk we'll, we'll be telling us all about all your, <laughs> your conquests and uh, endeavours and knowledge I'll that try and gained. find some cool equipment or a new filler or something yeah. that we can talk about yeah absolutely well have fun buddy awesome mate take care bye for our latest news, upcoming guests and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at Inside Aesthetics Podcast. Using the link in our Instagram profile, you can easily email us, text us, apply to be a guest on the show, follow our personal accounts on Instagram, and even show your love and support us on Patreon. 